0: Well, and there's things that I have to learn that I didn't know, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I, I had no idea that this is a second wave, if you will, of mass incarceration. This is not a new thing.
1: Right. right? The war like on the drugs. War drugs, drugs, right, it, right.
0: it happened before. It's just, right. again, how do you get free labor? Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I, my, I guess my point was to, you know, imagine now, you know, you're trying to go off um, to fight for your country because, you know, regardless of how we got here, this is still, you know, I, I can't tell you what African country I'm from. I can tell you I'm from a certain city in, in California. That's right. what I know. That's what my grandmother knows. That's what my great grandmother knows. I, I can't mm. say what country I'm from in Africa. Wow. So, you know, I'm here and regardless of what I've gone through, I still want to be patriotic and I go off to war only to be put on the front lines, um, to be killed off quicker because, you know, a lot of the reasons why black people were enlisted into the army um were to be on the front lines so that they can be killed first <laughs> um, but i survived that for whatever reason and come back home to a country who still does not accept me right. um uh, still discriminates against me and now i don't have access to the wealth that i was promised um, our access to the opportunity that I was promised like that it's it's uh, I, I'm saying all of this and giving this storyline because it's such a generational um breakdown generational curse. this is not like this has just happened in my generation this has gone right. far back far back and it's been a repeated cycle of black people having to be resilient having to be survivors having to um Honestly, look the other way of the injustices that were happening. You know, I'm sure in my grandmother's time, there were mass lynchings. You know, Mm -hmm. there were cities of Black wealth that were being bombed and being, um, you know, um, uh, destroyed. You um, You know, my grandmother had to deal with affirmative action when that happened. And her being put into a place, a, a work environment in California where she was discriminated against constantly is mm. because she was black or because folks thought that affirmative action meant um, now white people can't get the, the, the jobs. And that's actually not the case. Right. You, know, our, you know, my mom having to deal with things in the workplace, you know what I mean? So it's, it's like it has been an ongoing thing. There's been some progression. Um, a really good friend of mine, and I'm going to shout him out, um, Dante King. He does this amazing breakdown of this history, and how each 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 president. We talk about how we're getting better, how we're being mm-hmm. progressive, mm-hmm. but meanwhile, under like the iceberg, <laughs> there are just these things that are happening. Like in Clinton, we thought Clinton was amazing. Oh, he was the black president, but he's actually expanding, you know, the the prison industry. Right. Uh, and giving more money to the prison industry to make sure that there's more prisoners, you know, Hillary called, um, young black people, predators, you know, it was just, it, there was just so, there's so much that happens. Uh, and it's so complex.
1: Joe and, and Joe Biden, I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to talk about Joe Biden. I've been, uh, <laughs> cause I, 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 uh, I, I've been told by people cause I, I don't want Donald Trump to be reelected, but I, have some issues with joe biden but i've been very Plus. for the most part quiet about joe biden because i do want him to win so i don't want to yeah. like put too much out there but i do still hold people accountable i remember recently joe biden joe biden is kind of the king of gaffes anyway but he yeah. said a w- couple years ago remember he said about uh he said poor kids I think it was poor kids can do just as well as white kids. Something, something to that effect. <laughs> I mean, It was something to that effect. It was like, or, or like, black kids can do just as well as rich kids. It was something yeah. like that. And then yeah. even just like recently, he was saying like, if you, if if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Like, right. and he's like you said, he's supposed to be a, a, a proponent like on your side, but yet saying
0: stuff like that. I, I, I just don't feel like that's helpful in any way. No, No. well, and and my my opinion is, yes, I want Trump out as well. But, you know, every one of these presidents have participated in a very white supremacist system. Absolutely. That has, you know, and I'm glad we got to this because I've been wanting to say this. We have Mm -hmm. so many sayings about democracy and how it's it's equal for every man is equal every woman's equal all of these things but in the background we don't actually have we actually did not do any of those things that that the founders of the country said right like george washington had like 123 slaves you know and he and he chased down his one slave that escaped like i mean he chased her down to her death yes it's actually kind of disgusting um, wow. But, you know, it, it, it is hard to, again, because, uh, you know, we have time now to kind of think these, through, these things through, you know, as much as we have to band together and, and get Trump out, at the same time, Trump, Biden, unfortunately, Obama, they've all, Clintons, Bush, they've all participated in this very white supremacist system that has right. put it, pitted people against each other. Because all of this is is us thinking that we don't have the same access to resources. Um, So the whole, you know, being afraid of immigration because they're going to take jobs, or being afraid of Mm -hmm. of of African Americans, Black men, uh, Blacks uh, attaining some type of wealth because it's going to take my wealth. It's all been again manufactured to. Um, and boils down to resources. Like that fear embedded in you that you are not going to have a resource because of this one group is going to take all of them. Right, <laughs> that's yeah. not true, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So it, it's hard. I mean, I, I'm going to do my part, but I've been looking locally, like what can I do locally in my city and in, mm-hmm. in, you know, um, in my county to help kind of change dynamics? Because I don't really know what, con- what the, the federal government is going to do for us at this point. Right. And it is all a ploy right now to make sure there is, you know, I, I feel like both Trump and Biden are trying to really figure out how to get the black vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and it's coming off as dis- disingenuous.
1: Right. Right. I, I, and, and I don't want to, um, I don't want to vilify, uh, the black side of this, but uh, I do think that there's a, there's a certain element of kind of again I want I I don't want Donald Trump to win, so I I don't want to bash on Joe Biden too much, but at the yeah. same time I feel like he gets a free pass. Uh, he I think he has like 90, 95 percent of black support, which is like how because he was <laughs> Obama's vice president. From. Uh, yeah. It's, really, that's all it is. He was Obama's vice president. I mean, yeah. And, and you, even you said like Obama, you know, I, I mean, I love Obama as a man. I. I he's the best president sure. of my lifetime. He's a decent, he's a good man. But no, I, I don't really think he did a lot for pushing, progressing the, the black experience in this country. Um, And not all to his fault either. Um, But, you know, circumstances being what they were, he wasn't getting a lot of help from Congress to do anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, again, he was participating in a, in, a, in a system that did not want him in there. Right, <laughs> you know? right, exactly. So, you know, he had to be everyone's president. Yeah, and yep. he, yeah, he had to be everyone's president. And, I, and yeah. I get it, but what it means to be everyone's president is to, um, you know, oppress those that have always been oppressed, right? right? To participate right. in this, again, this system where you're creating an other. This group deserves less. This group, this group deserves more. Uh, And so, it is, like I said, it's very up in the air for me, to be honest with you. I I don't Mm -hmm. really, you know, again, what has frustrated me the most as I, as again, as I learn about history, as I learn about where we're at today, is there have all been these rules put in place, even for me, there's been these rules put in place for me to um, achieve excellence or grace or to achieve being valued by white people, right? Mm -hmm. And every time I get closer to overcoming or achieving one of those rules, the rules have changed, mm. right? And so the power in, in in white supremacy is, as you can see now with Donald Trump, and we can edit this out if you need to, but they've been changing the way that a president's, presidency should go, mm. right? He's been able to break all of these rules that were put in yeah. place, and especially that were put in place for Obama, including right. down like showing your birth certificates and your, right. and your, and your taxes. He right. has not had to, He's not been able to do all that because they've changed the rules to allow him to kind of rule in this dictatorship. Right. Um, which, again, if we're really talking about American democracy, if we're really going to be patriotic. Is totally against patriotism in this country. Right. Like if right. we think about the the way that they've kind of dismantled, if you will, the the three branches of government that's supposed to regulate, uh, or the two branches of government that's supposed to regulate the presidency. Um, right. And there's checks and balances in place. Right. All of these things have been changed mm-hmm. in order to give the president more power, um, and and again to continue on this, you know, white supremacy. E-
1: even starting with the end of Obama's term, they, you right. know, uh, if you remember, they they held up. Uh, they had a Supreme Court opening, and right. a year before Obama was out of president, and Mitch McConnell and the Republican, they they made sure they're like, we're not going to put through a Supreme Court nominee until the next president comes through and worked out for them. They were like, you said to your point about the the system, not working the way it's supposed to work. Um, I'm glad you brought up. uh, I mean, I'm not glad I don't ever really like talking about Donald Trump, but I did, I did want to bring up, I don't, I don't know if you heard you, you kind of were pointing out how he's the rules have been rewritten. He's, he just says the most inflammatory, just awful things. Mm -hmm. Uh, He just recently was, was, Quoted saying, uh, he he was talking about kung fu uh, <laughs> for the coronavirus. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah. but and he was getting called on, and all the re, uh, the reporters were were, uh, talk, were asking his, his press secretary about it, and just running around in circles, uh, changing yeah. the subject. But I, I wanted to ask you, what part, if any, do you think Donald Trump plays in in this whole thing? Is he making it worse? Uh, is, is he, as I feel like he's emboldening people with their hate that, that it's okay, you know, to, to come out of, do you, do you, do you feel like that as well?
0: Yeah. So I, I feel like, again, you know, what, what Obama, Obama opened up my eyes to me, It for me is that racism never ended. Just the way the way that he was treated during his presidency, the, the scrutiny that Michelle Obama got got it yeah. just made to me it made it seem like it never ended. Keep in mind though, right. all of these killings uh, of young black men and women being killed by the police, also and Trayvon Martin also happened during Obama's term as well too. Right. So I I wouldn't say Donald trip Donald Trump trip Donald Trump um, is increasing the hatred. I I think it's always been there. I think, you know, right. Obama, You know, regardless of what he did during his presidency, he represented something that would, that would have never been thought of. Like, my grandmother never thought in her years of being here on this earth that she would ever see a Black president.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I didn't think I would see a Black president. Oh, no, I didn't either. Honest
1: with you. I no, yeah.
0: not. And so what Obama represented was something that, um, you know, co- again, caused an unnecessary fear in in the powers that be right right uh, even if he was aligned with them you know it still right. it still made black men and black women feel like they can attain these things you know we mm-hmm. we have under the trump uh, administration we have more women running for office than ever mm-hmm. uh and, you know running for congress congressional seats and stuff in the senate and, and um at our not the Senate, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. and the House and the Representative, yeah. Right, right. Um, uh, uh, forgive me. I'm like, uh. um, but yeah. So I, 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 think he, he, he has. Trump has always been Trump to me. I, I'm not surprised by anything that he's doing. I knew who he was when he ran, and I knew who, who yeah. what type of president he would be. Um, I think you're right. He has made it more comfortable because what he did is the propaganda is, you know, um, made Middle America feel like they have a voice, even though Middle America is not in his tax practice and he can care less about Middle Middle America. We know this by all of the social programs that Middle America benefits from that he's trying to cut. So right. um, I just think, you know, it, he appealed to them because he was able to be very blunt with his racism, with his sexism, with, his, with, his, with whatever he is and he has. And right. for some reason that inspired people. But to me, what it said to me is that the hatred, unfortunately, of, of Black wealth, Black accomplishments, Black achievement is so deep that these people would rather follow someone who is going to burn the country to the ground yep. just because they're white, not right. because he's qualified, not because he actually cares. Um, and this, this also made me question, you know, Christianity as well, because I saw a lot of Christians wanting to support Donald Trump because he was against gay marriage and abortion, but he has no no, no attributes of Christianity in him at oh, all. Yeah. That's, Outside yeah. of those two things that you know, but that's not all Christianity is. Right. <laughs> it's actually to love people regardless of where they're at. Right. And how to judge them. So right. the fact that a lot of in that and uh Christians actually also came out to support Donald Trump um was well, fascinating yeah. to me as well too. Yeah,
1: I don't understand that at all. That's
0: yeah. Yeah. But again, it's about the resources. Because I, I remember when Donald Trump was running, I would get into it with a couple of Christian groups about you know, why would they vote for somebody who, who can see what's happening in Syria and say, no, those people can't come over here. They don't need to come right. over here, let's ban them. How did you vote for that person? And a lot of them would say, well, because they're going to take all of our resources. And I said, "Oh, that that is the thing. It's this fear of losing resources." Right. If you're a Christian person, you would know that God provides your resources, not man. So right. you should be able if you're if you're blessed and fortunate to have uh, abundance of resources, you would share them with your neighbor. Right. So it was a, it was very a contradictory of things. Yeah. anyways. Yes, I do I do think that this has allowed folks to be more comfortable with their racism.
1: Right yeah yeah it's interesting i was thinking also when you're talking about obama uh obama actually is half white too right he is half black half white but he's only defined by being black and i I of course i feel like that's part of uh, that's almost part of white privilege in that you're sort of separated from whatever whatever comes with being black or asian or whatever where but if you have if you're half black obviously you still look Black. I mean, you're light skinned but his yeah. his being black is what defined him. Uh, he's yeah. the first black president. Like, a, yeah. and it's and that's not that's not a, a bad thing that he's identified as black, except that it's the, the bad things that come with being black, as you said, like the way he was treated in Congress. It was Donald Trump was the one that did the whole birther. Yeah, that, that, he yeah. was the one who spearheaded that. Um, yeah. And if so. you remember
0: in that, in the 13th documentary, you know how, you know, um, I think it was Reagan's chief of staff or somebody was advising him, like, it's not okay, that uh, Nixon, I'm sorry, Nixon's chief of staff, he was saying, it's not okay to say we don't like, you know, black people, but you have to use different wording. So right. you have to use like, well, we don't like, you know, certain people from that that zip code or like people that have certain education can't be over here like it's it's now the subtle way of basically saying black people right. right and obama you know when i when i talk to biracial people about you know um and biracial like white and black when i talk to them about racism you know they will never be able to say that they're white it, they will always right. be like that being Black, no matter, even if they don't identify with anything in the Black community, they will never be able to tell white America, no, I'm actually white. They'll be like, no, you're not, you're Black. And that comes from the one drop rule, um, which again happened in slavery. Any drop of Black blood, you were going to be Black and you were going to be enslaved. Um, So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Obama, even if he did not identify with the white, the Black community, he would not be able to claim himself as white.
1: Right.
0: Uh, and, and he would always be considered black, especially right. with, you know, his family, his wife, like, yes, he would always be seen as the black president. Right. Yeah. I think that answers your question.
1: Yeah. Um, so I was going to, I wanted to jump over really quick to, because uh, we, we talked a little bit offline. Um, I, I don't think, you know, much like, much like terrorism, really, that I, I don't think that racism is something that is ever going to be fully eradicated but you know we were kind of talking about the different steps education being a big part of it um defunding the police is something that we're hearing a lot about right now and i hear people who are anti-defunding the police they seem to think that it means that we're going to just obliterate the police or get rid of them and i know we talked about this before i wanted to actually read you a quote this this uh speaks to the power of Google. And, and yeah. part, of, part of why I get frustrated with people, people not educating themselves.
0: <laughs> Google, right.
1: <laughs> I, I literally Googled defunding the police.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's the first thing that came up from brooking.edu. So this is a, this is a legitimate source. They say defund the police means reallocating or redirecting funding away from the police department to other government agencies funded yeah. by the local municipality. Right. So in other words, the money's not just being thrown away. It's like we had talked about before about better mm-hmm. training. Uh, maybe different mm-hmm. people besides the police could be responding to certain situations that yeah. they're not properly trained for. So it's right. about it's about taking the money and using it towards a, a, a better purpose, right? Uh, right? Right. What are your thoughts on defunding the police? And is that a, is that a yeah. positive step in the right direction?
0: Yeah, well, it's crazy because um, you never hear this pushback when we talk about defunding education, right? Right. When we talk about education and the ta- and the cuts that are getting d- done with just education, the teachers being overwhelmed and giving thirty students to a classroom, no one ever gets upset about that. Everyone's like, "Oh, well, you know, oh well," um, and I don't, I don't know exactly where the um, Again, it's, it's a fear. It's a fear because I right. think some folks when I've talked to people about it, they're like, well, what about violent crimes? And like you said, defending the police is, does not mean abolishing the police. Although there are some people who want to abolish the police, rightfully so, right? Yeah. In certain communities, you know, I actually was just at a, as, at a Juneteenth celebration, um, which was beautiful. And the police were not there. And mm. the community itself, they would they would police their own you know mm-hmm. on own, um, the own celebration like there was almost a fight there some men stepped in and said hey not today there's kids out here the mm-hmm. two gentlemen that were gonna fight said thank you okay shook hands walked away mm-hmm. so we're talking about community policing right a lot right. of these incidents that are happening with the police is because you have police coming from outside of the community um and over policing certain communities Mm -hmm. So police, again, not being engaged with that community that they're over-policing. So they're already walking in an environment where they're also fearful, where their intentions are high alert. And I'm not saying that, you know, um, being a police officer is a very stressful job. So, of course, you're going, into, you're going into a community that is unknown, that you've been told to have high crime rates, and, and you've been told has this, this, and this, um, you know, for whatever makeup the community is. So you're going in there with high alert anyways, right? right. Um, but you haven't developed a relationship with the community. You haven't even walked around the community to see what it's about, to mm-hmm. look at the beautiful things of that community. You're just in there policing it. And right. you're creating this tension between the residents. So yeah. I would say we do need more community policing, Could police that are within that community that have been, that lived there. Already. Absolutely. I know the fear is like, well, then people know where the police live. Well, if the police didn't have a bad reputation. Why would that be a problem? Like, right. you know what I mean? Right. If they are engaged in the community where you can walk down and they know their neighbors and they're there to help people, Why would a police officer living in that community be a problem? It's a problem because the police have a bad reputation. True. Um, And so with defunding the police, in my mind, it it would mean what you just said. It would be for nonviolent offenses, have someone go out there. And I mean like, when I mean nonviolent, I mean like mental health. If someone's having a mental health breakdown, know send a mental health worker out there put some money towards our behavioral health services and have them actually go out to the communities um to help with mental health issues because a lot of these things like you know seeing violence in your community every day not trusting the same people that are supposed to um, protect you those are that mess up your mental health being homeless being hungry. Um, not having, you know, the, having this tier, huge wage gap, that impacts people's mental health, drugs, right? Absolutely. So, like, you know, send, or send, send a substance use specialist when somebody's having an overdose. Send an EMT and then a substance use specialist to help that person. Like, we, we do that already. When you call 911, the first people that come out are going to be the fire department or EMT. If there's no right. Issue. Right. So we already are outsourcing the services of the police. Why sure. not have the police focus on when it comes to violent robberies, criminal offense, um, yeah. you know, uh our, uh you know, sexual assault, all of those things that are important that they should be spending their time on. Children people missing, they should do that. Other stuff that can be handled by the community, give the money to those programs to really help right. impact the communities. That's what Wh- defending means to me.
1: Why are there four armed officers for a counterfeit twenty dollar bill?
0: That's the right? waste, waste of a waste of police resources. Why? And then let's really go back. Why are you calling the police for $20 bill?
1: Right.
0: You know, we also have to, it's not just the police, right? Yes. The police have been, um, enforcing violent acts of terrorism on people, but let's talk about the citizens that have called the police on these minor offenses. Oh yeah. I've got my car broken into, I couldn't call, I didn't call the police. Like, you know you've seen a neighbor walk around here like you don't that you don't know you know you're calling the police on them like mm-hmm. what what is it about you that where you see something that is not familiar to you you automatically you, think that's automatic. all the police right you know, there's just several yeah. yeah I used to teach this thing on microaggression and one of my colleagues she was amazing um we did this scenario where we wanted to kind of unpack like okay what's the police feeling you know, what is the person that the police has been called on? What are they feeling? And then what is the person who called the police? What is she, what are they feeling? So for example, mm. we had a young black man who worked at the hospital and he was driving around because there's no parking, right? The parking's terrible. So he's driving around the neighborhood looking for um, a parking spot. Uh, this woman sees him driving around. She calls the police. The mm. police pull him over. He had to explain to the police that he is... No threat. He works at the hospital. He's just trying to get to work. Um, you know, they let him go. Thank God. But he's terrified. The yeah. police called on him, right? Yeah. Um, and then he has to, un- you know, suck all that up, you know, all that feeling and go into work. Hmm. And explain to his supervisor why he's late. Because right. some lady called the police on him for no reason, basically. And mm. the police came out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. we have to also, um you know, help hold our citizens accountable. Like, are you really using the police officers' time wisely? Right. You know, twenty dollar bill, cigarettes, stealing some Skittles in the store. What, what, what is that going to do to you? You know, nothing. <laughs> things, these are things that can be replaced. But these people's lives that have been lost. Yeah. I mean, these are lives. This is this is not like it's not a TV show. This is somebody's father, somebody's mother, somebody's sister, brother. Right. Like they have to mourn this now over a fucking my language over a twenty dollars okay. counterfeit bill. I, it's so interesting. Life has to be gone over of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, and to your point, I mean, I'm I'm thinking about the last the big ones that I know of. Uh, you know, Philando Castile reaching for his wallet. right Right. the the counterfeit the eric garner and the cigarettes right trayvon martin as you mentioned the skittles and he's literally just walking his hood i mean and the little boy tamir rice with a a toy gun these people were this was five lives they're they're gone they don't get the rest of their lives because of that and somebody called in like you said somebody called in the little boy that's why the police showed up so yeah hold the police accountable for their actions but also, why are they there? Who's the one yeah. who's instigating this, this interaction?
0: Well, it's our, it's our own biases. It's our Im- implicit biases. Right. Right? That, again, we've been socialized. We right. see black, we see wrong. You know? and, right. and we can even say that for, you know, even in the, within the black community as well, too. Sure. We've been socialized to think, well, those people over there are wrong. If they're right. poor, if they're you know, so-called thugs, they are, they're doing wrong. And that's not even the case. Right. Right. And so, yeah, we have to, we have to, we have to, as a society along with the police really unpack our, our implicit biases and why, again, why would $20 counterfeit bill mean anything to us? Yeah. Why, why are these things so valuable to where now we are, um, you know, uh, now we are mourning the life of someone over something so small. Right. the the woman I don't know if you saw on the park, who um uh was had her dog off a leash. Yeah, I did see the that. Black one. man told her to put the dog on the leash. Right. You no, know, her reaction was, "I'm going to call the police to kill you because I don't want you telling me what to do." Like again, right. these are these are some things that we have to start unpacking. Like why somebody telling you to follow the rule to put your dog on the leash now makes you want to weaponize the police against them.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because on a very uh, on a smaller scale, uh, it's it seems quite equivalent to the reaction that you get to to calling out the idea of white privilege or even just calling out bad behavior by the cops. Hey, how, you know, how dare you say that our cops are are these bad people? You know, we love the cops. We support the cop. Well, we we love good cops. But if you're a good cop, then you shouldn't be protecting bad cops. If you're protecting them, then you're not a good cop.